Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Friday, February 11th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. When I'm thinking for myself, I often find myself asking questions of myself. And those questions generally lead me to conclusions as to whether or not what's going on around me has merit. So since we're at Friday and we're near the weekend, there are a couple of, more than a couple, there's more like 10 questions I'm going to pose and I'd like you to contemplate them. Number one, if carbon dioxide is so bad for the planet and it's the cause or a major contributing factor to climate change, why is it okay for our children to breathe it in for seven hours a day through mask mandates? What happened to all the fear that was being media marketed around COVID? And if that fear has died down, or at least the marketing of it, why are they still pushing for vaccinations? If contagions and terrorists and drugs threaten national security, why is the southern border open to anyone, including human traffickers and drug traffickers? If inflation is transitory, why does it keep going up? And why is the Fed going to raise interest rates three to five times this year, as early as next month, in an effort to get all the money that they digitized and flooded the system with now out of the system? Why is the federal government still giving the big banks $1.5 trillion a week? Yes, you heard me right. Why is the federal government still giving the big banks $1.5 trillion a week when the federal government gave those same banks $35 trillion in the 2008 bailout? Why does the administration care more about the big banks than they do about you and me? Isn't 7.5% inflation the same thing as a tax on the same people who were promised no tax increases by this president when he ran for office? Why are parents and truckers called terrorists and Nazis? Why was President Trump a fascist when he offered governors the National Guard to quell Antifa and BLM rioters and blockades in Seattle? But President Biden is not called a fascist when he tells Trudeau to use federal powers to quell peaceful truckers exercising their charter rights. Just some questions I think are worth our pondering to determine whether or not we should buy the narratives that are being spun around us every day. 
In that last question about President Trump and President Biden and the distinction between one being called a fascist and one not for essentially the same edict, I want to look a little bit at what fascism is. Because fascism is an ideology. And an ideology is something very specific and something very dangerous. I looked up the definition of ideology, and this is what I came up with. A set of doctrines or beliefs that are shared by the members of a social group or that form the basis of a political, economic, or other system. Here's, that's the definition of, of an ideology. Here's the definition of fascism. Fascism is a form of authoritarianism, ultra-nationalism, characterized by dictatorial power, forcible suppression of opposition, and strong regimentation of society and the economy that rose to prominence in the early 20th century Europe. Well, you know what? If you look at the fascism definition and you just change the word ultranationalism to ultra-globalism, I believe it's what we are living under. So let me read it again. Fascism is a form of authoritarian ultra-globalism characterized by dictatorial power, forcible suppression of opposition, and strong regimentation of society and the economy. Now, all of that is what's happening. It's what's happening to parents. It's what's happening to people who are being forced to be vaccinated, who are being forced to wear masks, children being forced to wear masks, truckers who are probably, as I record this podcast, beginning to be arrested in Canada for exercising what is their First Amendment charter right, in essence, charter being their constitution, the equivalent of our U.S. Constitution, That's exactly what's happening. But let's look at ideology because fascism is an ideology. You know, I love words and I like to play with words. I have a book called The Questions God Will Ask, Prepping for the Final Exam. And one of the things I do in that book is talk about the rightful use of energy. I believe that the rightful use of energy, what I call right useness, is actually how we're all supposed to live. And I believe that the word righteousness is a misinterpretation of right-useness because, and a misapplication. Because if you take the E out of the word righteousness, if you take the E out of the middle of the word righteousness, what you're left with is right-useness. So I love words, okay? If you remove the same letter E, from the word ideology, what you're left with is idology. I would call that idol worship. Ideology, having an ideology, promoting an ideology, like wokeism, is, in fact, idol worship. It's worshiping a form of oppression. It's worshiping a form of control. It's worshiping all that fascism is defined as being. Well, let's look at idol worship then. What do we know about idol worship? Well, there's one example in the Bible, and it talks about the Tower of Babel. So what happened during the Tower of Babel? Well, here's how the story goes, and the story is very instructive, and maybe it's even prescient for our time. 
And this is not my idea. I heard this discussed about two days ago, and I think there's brilliance in it. And so I'm going to, in essence, synopsize it and repeat it. Here it is. In the Tower of Babel story in the Bible, what happened? Well, the people became very arrogant and egotistical, and the elites of that time decided that they were going to build a tower to the heavens, and that once they did that, it would prove their omnipotence. They would be basically up in the realm of God, and they were going to use bricks to do that, and they were going to use slaves to build that tower. Well, what do bricks represent? Spiritually, the interpretation is that stones are unique, but bricks are formulaic. So in using bricks in the story of the Tower of Babel, they were going to make everyone the same. There wasn't going to be individuality. Everyone was going to be the same, right? Kind of like socialism. No, no uniqueness. Everybody's the same. Equal outcomes regardless of input or talent or energy. And so how was this going to be stopped, this arrogance? Well, God intervened. And the way in which he intervened was he confounded their speech. He made it impossible for them to communicate. They all began to speak languages they couldn't understand from one another. And that was the end of the Tower of Babel project, so to speak. So where are we? You know, many of us, let me just speak for myself. I often think lately that the only way out of where we are is something akin to divine intervention. I always say it's either going to be God or aliens (laughs) that puts us back in the perspective we need to be in and humbles us in a way that we need to be humbled and stops the tribalism and the division. Is right? It's going to take an external third-party event to get our attention. How would, let's say, God do that now? Or if you like aliens, but let's stick with the biblical analogy. How would God do it? Well, how do we communicate now? In the world that we live in, in the world that we're embarking upon, most of it is computerized, right? Most of what we rely upon is computerized. Ones and zeros. That's the back end of all of this technology. Ones and zeros. Well, God's always used nature in some way to intervene, right? We have plagues, we have darkness, we have tainted water. We have all of the things that happen in the Bible to get people's attention because God has the power to play with nature. We are in the midst of a solar minimum. We are also in the midst of the earth rotating on its axis. It happens every X amount, I think it's 12,000 years. And when that happens, true north is no longer north. And when that happens, everything shifts. But when it shifts, because it, dis- it, it orients us differently toward the sun, the Earth's atmosphere becomes more permeable, in which case we are vulnerable to, let's call it space dirt. <laughs> we are more vulnerable to things hitting Earth, things falling through the atmosphere and doing damage to where there is, in fact, civilization. So what would happen if a natural event knocked out our satellites, knocked out our one and zero system for communicating around the world? 
I think the world would be pretty much thrown into a form of darkness, if not literally figuratively, unable to communicate with one another, probably unable to get food and medicine and all of the basic essentials, heat, air conditioning, whatever. Transportation would come to a halt along with communication, and it certainly would be humbling, would it not? I never thought that I would be in such a place as to ponder the benefits of something crashing to earth and interrupting our ability to continue on the path that we've been on and on the path that it looks like we're headed. As I said, as I speak, truckers in Toronto and in Ottawa and in all of Canada may be on the verge of or actually be in the process of being arrested. I'm proud of those people. They have reminded me what the spirit of America should be about. And they've done it from across the border in Canada. If I were more able and closer, I'm in Texas, I'd support them. I'd be up there in some way. But it will come here. We're going to have our own convoy next month, beginning in Los Angeles, heading toward our East Coast capital, Washington, D.C., And already the Biden administration has, I believe, organized 500 security forces to make sure, number one, that they don't, there isn't any interruption by truckers at the Super Bowl this weekend, but also that that convoy not get to Washington, D.C. So being so far away, it makes me question, how can I serve the integrity and the brilliance of and the courage of what those truckers are doing. And again, it reminds me of my book, The Questions God Will Ask, because I talk about what service is in that book. And I say that there are as many ways to serve as there are possibilities to imagine. And so what I suggest to all of you listeners who stand by those incredibly brave truckers in Canada, who are peacefully and peaceably standing up for their right to free speech, who are saying they've had enough, that the control and the manipulation and the deceit have long past reached a point of tolerance and sanity. How can we serve them? Well, I think you can serve now by standing and refusing to be sheep. I think you can serve now by speaking truth to power. I think we can all serve now by inundating our representatives with how dissatisfied we are, with how we're being treated and with how we've been treated. I think we can serve now by refusing to spend our money with companies and services that stand for the opposite of what we value. Pick a way that you can serve now. You can probably think of a hundred more ways than I just named, but pick one and do it so that someday your children or your grandchildren or any citizens who will still be living in this constitutional republic will be able to say to you and to me, thank you for your service. I'm Carol Gold. Thank you for listening. I'll be back here again on Monday. And until I do, pray for the truckers in Canada and think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission 
to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.